I would, uh, why did you turn up? Did you get enough music? Oh, we're going to start recording. Is that okay with you? Yeah, it's fine. Awesome. Welcome back to another episode of Key in the Late Podcast, the premier whiskey podcast without the mention of whiskey in the title whatsoever. We are back live at Beguile International Recording Studios, also known as Beguile Brewing. Wilson Torres is here along with me. I'm Jake. This is your, this is your host. And Wilson, what are you up to? Hola, mi gente. Sorry, I felt Puerto Rican for the moment, so I, I love express it. I love that. it. Wilson's Puerto that. Rican, if you didn't I know. He I has am. some smooth brown skin, a fresh new haircut, <laughs> and he's wearing glasses for the first time I've ever seen him after four years of knowing him. I'm blind, bro. He's blind, bro. I'm blind. But yeah, I got these new specs. Do you want me to set up you up one more time with my co-host, Wilson Torres? <laughs> <laughs> say it. The podcast cannot start until you say it. Hey, young world. See, all five of the listeners, they were really waiting for that. They could not start the podcast until they heard that that lovely little, uh, I don't know, what do you call that? It's an intro, bro. It's your intro? It's okay. my intro. It's your catchphrase. It's my catchphrase from Slick Rick back in the day in the 1980s. Well, we could get into a whole Slick Rick conversation. We could About the that. real Slick Rick. About the real Slick Rick. Yeah. About the real Slick Rick. Do you know what I'm talking about? I know the new, I know the real Slick Rick. Do you know the real Slick Rick? Yeah. He, uh, he taught himself how to uh, be a lawyer in college and... There you go. You know, you know, oh, you know what I'm talking about. Yeah. Not the rapper. The no, rapper no, no, stole no. his name. The rapper stole his name. Correct. Yeah. Yeah. No, you're absolutely so the real correct. Secret was like one of the be- one of the most uh, efficient, profitable uh, mm-hmm. crack dealers in California. In Cal- yes. He went to um, jail on a three strike term, which mm-hmm. he was actually charged double jeopardy for for one. So he taught himself <laughs> how to basically graduate high school, graduate college, become a lawyer, defend himself, and uh-huh. got out of prison. And then this this New York rapper just took his name. Took as, his name. As sort his of like MC. a freeway Ricky Ross type of situation. Pretty much, yeah. Pretty much, yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Like, okay. yeah exactly. And that third lovely voice you hear. We're continuing uh, a series <laughs> of gentlemen that have good hair on the podcast. Yes. Yes. Very yes. kind of you to say. Yeah. We've, uh, we're uh, we're going in the full motion of that. And he's got great specs. It's true. Also kind of should I put my glasses on? I think you should put your glasses on. I'm not sure if I have them, but they might be somewhere around. <laughs> but the other voice you hear is Taylor Cope. Taylor, welcome to the podcast. Thank you for having me. Absolutely. Taylor is a is freelance writer, correct terminology for Malt Review? You, you can call me a lot of things. Okay. People call me a lot of things, some of them to my face. All right. So, <laughs> all right. I'm just going to call you a writer. How about that? I do. I do. I, I, I call myself a typer. A typer? I like to just, typer. just pound. Do you just have like gotcha. a, I like that. Um, keys from a typewriter replaced onto your... Um, Laptop. See, I go real grimy with it. So, like my my laptop had all sorts of keys, like just that I just hit so hard that yeah. they flew off. Yeah, into oh, like, like under an airplane seat or something. I just never got them back. So now I just I'm, I'm pushed on those little nubs. <laughs> Are you really? I had a guy turn around and yell at me on the plane. I was what? typing up um, the interview with I did that I did with um, the uh, Master Distiller of Kentucky Peerless, and I was really oh. into it. I was typing away, and uh, this guy turned around. and said, Excuse me, you're, you're shaking my seat. Wow. And I glared so, at him. I said, I'm sorry. <laughs> Excuse me. Okay. You're messing up my I think I actually said okay. Okay. (laughs) I like that response. Okay. Don't care at all. You're messing with my vibe, dude. Exactly. It's like, well, I'm here trying to do work. You're here trying to watch, like, Pocahontas on the Disney Channel while flying. I don't know what you're trying to do. Well, we brought Taylor here today to talk about the uh, the new documentary about Aaron Hernandez on Netflix, <laughs> which I watched oh, this morning. You? I'm just making a joke. <laughs> yeah, I watched this morning. I drafted actually. him on my fantasy team this year. It was, did not pay off. Did not pay off. <laughs> no, it would be, be a bad pick. Hopefully, it wasn't an early round pick. I'm, I'm the worst. That I'm like, because I'll be like, who? Ladanian Tomlinson is that guy still playing? He was good a couple years is ago. He's still at the Jets. <laughs> <laughs> now, so actually, rough. what came to mind a lot? Yeah. If we, if Aaron Hernandez. And Gronk were still playing together. Oh, man. Can you imagine? Jeez. You know how, like, you hear about professional athletes getting in trouble, and you're always like, I, I, this is me personally, 50-50 split of 
all right, how much is this bullshit? Someone trying yeah. to like basically extort them for money yeah. or, you know, how much of this is true for him? I was like, God, I hope like this isn't true. Like an 80% kind of level for me because mm, it yeah. was so fun to watch him play football. Oh yeah. And like him and Gronk together. Yeah. Especially. No, he and Gronk yeah. were like video game characters. Yeah. yeah. That was, that was like watching. I agree. Yeah. yeah. You're it's like, true. like there's a tight end in the backfield right now and they're doing <laughs> like, just like, like a, a, a dive and getting yeah. 10 yards and all this stuff. It was, it was ridiculous. Yeah. I haven't watched it, but I can only, I've heard a few things say um, on sports, bro- say sports radio. Yeah. It. It's, I felt, um, it was, it, it was in depth. Yeah. But it kind of, um, at the end, I like how you're going into it. A little sad, man. Yeah. A little sad. Well, he had a pretty terrible childhood raising. Uh, right? He had a very strict upraising. Oh, okay. Puerto Rican family out in Connecticut. That's it's typical. You know, his dad passed away like very early and on. His that. father passed away right before mm. uh, he got into high school. Okay. Yeah. Uh, his brother uh, was the starting quarterback then. Okay. So his brother went off to UConn, and then That's that right. happened, yeah. and then UConn offered uh, Aaron at a very young age, like at fourteen. Yeah. And so he's like, my dad went to UConn, my brother's at UConn, I'm going to UConn. Father passes away. Structure of of his life completely collapsed Mm -hmm. because it was his father that that put him on the structure, and that's what he needed. Um, Essentially, so what he's suffering from is that lack of structure in his life, which Mm -hmm. he couldn't keep up by himself because his mother just just didn't know what to do. Hey, your your father was raising you guys. I was just mom. You did? The divorce. Uh, no, but rough, uh, rough relationship between the two. Gotcha. Uh, alcohol induced and so mm. on and so forth. But so, you know, for those, if it's you, good. It, it's it's good a good to talk insight. About whiskey podcast. Yeah, you know, it's good to talk about that. But at the same time, you know, <laughs> maybe not so much in this regard. But um, I, I I walked away from it. It was I was sad. It was sad because then they found that he what he took his own life at twenty seven, and they found that he his is uh, he that old? Yeah. I thought he was younger than that. Oh, he got into the league at 20. Yeah, I know. But I thought he, Went to jail at 23. That was four years? He yeah. was in jail? And then wow. he was uh, back so he, and forth. So he was in jail longer, longer than he played in the NFL. Holy smokes. Yeah. Man, I That's believe incredible. so. I may be wrong with that, so don't quote me on that. But um, Math was always your strong suit. <laughs> Maths. So my, you know. my wife was actually on, we were coming back from Australia, yeah. and on the LAX to um, Chicago leg, mm. she gets off the plane. I, I'd given her the, the business class seat. I was like, Rest, whatever. Yeah. Um, nice so I'm in the back of the bus. So so I get off, and she's like, "Hey Taylor, I want you to meet Shane." And there's like this redhead dude. I'm like, "Who's who's Shane?" <laughs> she's like, "Shane uh, plays football." And I was like, "Okay, cool. Like like you know, yeah. You play football, huh?" He's like, "Yeah." It's like I'm, a, I'm the kicker for the New England Patriots. And I'm like, "Oh, oh Shane Graham, Graham. right? Yeah, cool." And, I, and I'm like, "Okay, this is the biggest missed opportunity ever because I have all these in-depth Patriots yeah. insider questions." And she's like, "You know, do you miss the Bengals uniforms? You know, because they were like better looking than." <laughs> <laughs> Not fair, my wife. She knows a lot about football, but um, <laughs> but, it was but like she got some fascinating insights about like being inside that locker room. And, yeah, and one did. of one of the things that that he said was, she said, you know, it seems like kind of a joyless team to play for. Yeah, you know, it's, yeah. And he goes, if if good, you know, one to ten, good is is ten, bad yeah. is one. He said in the Patriots, like winning is a four and losing is a negative ten. Wow, wow. like that's the that's the alignment of that. That's interesting. I think that even. On the upscale of winning, you're yeah. just like that low on the totem pole. I think it's expected. Well, yeah. it's actually funny you t- you touched on that, Taylor, because in the documentary mm-hmm. they touched on that. Oh, did they? Because he got drafted by the Patriots, so like that's the structure he needed. But it was bad because he's going back home. But he's going back home. Mm, Double edged sword. Yeah. 
Because yeah. was Urban Meyer in the podcast? Urban the podcast. The yeah, he was part. Of, he was part of the documentary. Very s- small uh, sound bites, and then of course his time at Florida. So you know that's just one of those things that they're going to touch on. You, t- you talk about Florida as a Canes fan. Go ahead. <laughs> that's all I'm going to say. That's all I'm going to say about Florida. But so. he was he was teammates with Tim Tebow down there. Yeah, and apparently Tim Tebow, Tebow was like Tebow. stepping in to get yeah. him out of stuff and being like, "No, I'm yeah. talking to this guy about Jesus and like, you know." Yeah, uh, Bible and, studies. They touched on that too. Yeah. His relationship. Yeah. Tebow was that's part he, of that it team as well. Was stacked. It was a stacked team, man. Yeah, it was Percy a Harvey team. was on that team. Percy Harvey was on there. The Pouncey brothers were on that yes, team. Right. Wow. You know, oh, there was a lot of a lot of great players that came out of that. Hargraves was, I think, on the tail end of that. Mm-hmm. Who um, was did a D back that was? Oh, I can't remember. They had a really good D back though. Hargraves came later. I think he's still playing, but can't. It was possible. Who knows? You Who know, knows? Football. But, I mean, I walked away sad now. However, Are we just, I don't have remorse Remorse for no. him. No. I don't. Yeah. But what was sad was that at, a, at the age that he took his own life at, his CTE mm-hmm. diagnosis was yeah. worse. Very overwhelming. Worse than any of the previous five, six NFL dudes that took their own lives at a later yeah. age in life. I mean, it Junior was... Junior Seau and those guys, yeah. yeah. It was that ridiculous. It's scary, Dave man. I mean, it's very scary. Guys. Speaking of Kronkowski, I mean, he's obviously had all over problems, but yeah. you have to, yeah. you know... Luke he wasn't in danger of any yeah. Nobel Prizes yeah. in physics, you know, exactly. to start off with, yeah. so, like... Yeah, people thought no. he was the problem because he was out partying. <laughs> yeah, it's but like, he's out partying. Yeah. Like, no. Yeah. Yeah. Fiesta. You know, but uh, aside from that, yeah, so... Oh, well, good. Did I tell you that I won my fantasy league this year? Did you? Congratulations Don't to worry you. about that. That's All awesome. Right. It was like the worst fantasy league ever to be in, though. Because <laughs> my buddy put it together, like, last minute. And I kind of had given up on fantasy over the last couple of years and transitioned to fantasy uh, Premier League football, the real football really? of the world. They do they do Premier League football fantasy? Oh, yeah. It's uh, it's quite a... Uh, oh, you're talking about soccer? Yes. Oh, wow. Well, football of the world. Whatever, dude. So who do you support? Uh, Everton. Everton? Yeah. Okay, so I, I'm going to disappoint you here a little bit. Um, I have a son who... <laughs> It wakes me up at five o'clock every morning. He's like, "Dad, you gotta come draw soccer players for me." He's like, "What?" So I want this, you know, I want Sadio Mane scoring, but then Harry Kane's trying to trip him, <laughs> and then David De Gea saves the goal. I'm like, and this is five o'clock. Like I'm like, dude, let me get a coffee first. Man. <laughs> he is he's Premier League obsessed. Really? So yeah, big Liverpool fan. But he more more he just likes soccer. He yeah, just yeah. loves the game, and it's it's really cool to watch him get into it. That's nice. Does he does watch he games play? on this? Yeah, I mean, you know, for yeah. fun. Not not like he doesn't travel or any of that stuff. Okay. Although that's God knows you can. How old is your son? He's six years old. Okay. Yeah. So that's coming if he wants to do that. Well, that's the thing, right? Is that is that it's not you can't even like screw around and have some fun with it anymore. No, it's like, like if you're at all serious, you got to be. You yeah. Know, it's a full time job as a parent. I have nephews that are like much. 10, 11, 12, 8, something like that and you're paying like a thousand dollars just to be in leagues now fuck like, that like, uh, YMCA leagues don't exist anymore yeah, I didn't pay much. a fucking dime exactly to play I, ball. I, I, I mean like, I was on travel teams we paid for that stuff but like is your home rec leagues not at all yeah no fortunately neither my wife nor I are like we, we like to joke like but below the neck we're worth minimum wage there's nothing <laughs> nothing going on <laughs> down there so uh, you know we, there's not much danger that he's going to be a freakish uh, yeah. you know star athlete but he's he, not he has Saudi fun playing it and I want him to keep having yeah, fun good. so as long as he's having fun I yeah. and that's what sports yeah. should be for kids it should be all about the fun you see some of these parents man I'll, I'll, I'll jog up by where they play the AYSO <sighs> oh, soccer yeah. and there's like a l- posted list of rules of like hey remember this is kids sports yeah. not you know, don't don't act like a fool. Yes, yeah. <laughs> I'm a, a dick, jerk dad. jogging around the um, the track up at Montrose, and one sun, Sunday afternoon, there's a soccer game going on. Probably 14 year olds, maybe at the oldest, and parents got into a fight. Oh man, like, this is awesome. I mean, come on. And the kids are sitting there watching them, like you're okay. freaking idiots. What a fucking idiot. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> I saw some, I felt, saw a few hockey fights with dads when I grew up too. Oh, shit. Yeah, they got got bad sometimes. 
that's you gotta you gotta start to think that 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 should be a rock bottom moment where you like yeah. reevaluate your orientation not just towards yeah. youth sports but like life Definitely. maybe maybe <laughs> maybe you need to get some counseling or talk to I, a religious I authority or something drain out the fun of sports <laughs> with me early on in life unfortunately I was like this by by high school I was like I'm over this and yeah. still played like four sports in high school and all yeah. that stuff and played a little bit in college but you're like. This is just not fun anymore. Yeah. So when did you take it to the point? Where, where what point did you f- if I say was, that when you were playing? I, I, I remember being 14 years old, earlier than that, um, probably like 11 or 12 in baseball. If yeah, 11, at least 11 years old in baseball, where mm-hmm. I'd coaches just take the fun out of it completely. Um, shout out to my dad. Uh, <laughs> he was a he was a high school basketball coach. Uh, um, Bruce. I love basketball, but he took the fun out of that for me pretty early on in life, like five. Um, <laughs> and, but like for me, like, I would just sort of play football in high school and just like play the guitar and do other things like that. But I was more interested in it at the time and like writing and all that stuff. Uh, but it was yeah. kind of like, well, you're a good athlete, so you play every sport. Yeah. And then you're just burnt out by the time you're like 16 years old and yeah, whatever. But that's and look at you now. That's why I drink yeah. whiskey. <laughs> there you go. That's why I have a Kill whiskey, a Coke Zero, and, and an IPA with me on Mega a Pixel. Uh, Friday afternoon. Yeah, man, this is great. Speaking is this, of the is whiskey, this new release. This is the new release. This is the Mega Pixel. Shout out, shout out, shout out, our shout out to, uh, to our sponsors, Beguile. our landlords, our friends, our lovely. Oh, I thought he was lovely. up here. You were pointing that way. Uh, I looked into around. The air. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Shout out to uh, Beguile, Kevin, Caitlin. Tony, Ethan, Audrey, Katie, all, everybody. Uh, tonight, the Crystal Destroyer. The Crystal Destroyer. <laughs> uh, Liz, the brewer. Yeah. Um, they today they released Megapixel in cans, uh, sixteen ounce cans, four packs. IPAs. IPAs. This is delicious. I, um, I would say light. I would say something nice about them anyway because we're here and yeah. you know. Yeah. Um, but I, I actually I'm, I'm in the uh, market for a new house IPA and I might I might Ooh, be going this nice direction. Nice. So uh, sweet, yeah, sweet. And then with it, we're kind of boiler. Boilermaker, Maker, yeah, you definitely. know, today because we're doing your tawny. Yeah, um, it kind of. Yeah, I guess that's how uh, to focus more on our guests now. Yeah, let's focus um, on our guests. Not Aaron Hernandez and other things. So key <laughs> matchups to watch this weekend. Yes. You got Richard Sherman, Devonte Adams, <laughs> the battle in the air. Who do you got? Sorry, I'm on the wrong podcast. <laughs> Devonte Adams. We, we got him all do, day. We should do a sports podcast all day. But um, yeah, be a Bears fan growing up in uh, yeah. Ravenswood, right? Mm-hmm. Oh yeah, definitely. We but that, but that Packers hatred is not is not clouding your perception. No, it doesn't cloud at all. I would actually be I just, a Packers I, fan if I wasn't a Bears fan. I love how the organization really? has always been ran. I love Aaron Rodgers. I love uh, Brett yeah, Favre. I wouldn't be able to do yeah. it. You know, I never thought about. I love the atmosphere of Lambeau too. Like stuff uh, out there. Uh, never been. No. Yeah, I, 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 I want to go. I can, yeah. deep I can enemy territory the, for me. Yeah, but, uh, it's yeah. same. It's like I can like, understand the pool and the attractiveness of it all, but I, I just, my brother lives up there, and I have yet to visit him up there. He's been left there for it's 20 far, years. Man. It's really just up. having some great family talk today on this podcast. <laughs> it's fucking Friday, man. It's Friday. Um, so about my mom. Yeah. <laughs> Let's go into it. Let's go into it. Um, but yeah, um, we are sampling a... Uh, I think we've sampled it before on the podcast. It is a um, barrel program, essentially, from uh, the, star- the whiskey distiller I work for called Star Ward. Um, it was only barrel-aged in fortified tawny barrels. Um 
Tani being uh, a port that's known for in Portugal, but they call it fortified um, since it's also made in Australia too, in that sense. But we barrel age all of our whiskeys in wine barrels, so we decided to do a Tani project that's actually only released in Australia, back in Melbourne at our distillery and on sale for online sales in the country. It is a 48.3% uh, whiskey. Um, it is a single malt, by the way. And yeah, it's pretty tasty. It was probably one of my favorite whiskeys I tried. It was a favorite whiskey I tried from Star Wars last year, and one of my favorite whiskeys I've tried um, all of in 2019. I have to piggyback on that and say this is by far the best Star Wars dram that I've had. Mm. Seconded. Yeah, very yeah. very much so. Um, did you ever get down to any of the, uh, the, the port? And I know you're a very serious whiskey professional, yeah. but did you ever do any of the wine country down there when you were... Uh, in Australia. In Australia? Yeah, I was in Yarra Valley. Um, cool. And then I was in Portugal the summer, too. Oh, neat. Yeah, so we, my wife and I kind of fell in love with port. Um, I, you know, enjoyed it, but never, like, kind of fully invested into it. But now we probably buy, buy a bottle of port every week. So the next, the next time you're down there, you got to go to, in Barossa Valley, there's a, a yeah. port maker called Sepultsfield. Do you know these mm, guys? No, I've never Sepultsfield has... Um, I wonder so if you got any of those barrels from them. You can... Uh, you you, sh- you should know if, if you did because they're amazing. They've got um, a, a warehouse that you go into, yeah. and if you pay for the, the premium tasting, which is not like outlandishly expensive, you can go drink hundred year old port. Wow. So they've got a barrel Holy from shit. you know when we were there it was 2011. So we we're drinking a 1911 yeah. port. I mean it was ridiculous. And they'll and they'll go. They'll ask you what year you were born. Yeah, I was 82. And so yeah. they uh, they had, you know go in the 82 cask and they've got wow. a they've got That's a cask cool. right next door for it was Prince William's birth year the year before. So they put one side for him and one side for Harry and like you know. Um, it's neat. It's 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 yeah, one of the most cool. unique like wine and spirits yeah. and alcohol experiences I've ever had. So if That's you're really Sepultsfield in uh, Brasa Valley, strongest recommendation. I will That's make sure cool. to go down there. Um, you hear that, Dave? You have to fly me down there so I can go do that. <laughs> See you in May. Sold. Um, but yeah, uh, well, Australian spirits is what kind of brought Taylor and I together earlier um, this past summer. Uh, Taylor wrote a review of Nova, a very fair review of Nova, which is one of our single malt whiskeys. Um, Kind of seems like iffy about it, I guess, in the uh, in the review. To be yeah, fair. I, you know, I, I'll yeah, go ahead. Just gotta say, like, total credit to you guys. The, there's there's a huge, I think, oversensitivity on yeah. the part of the industry. I think a lot of the industry is really coddled, and and they don't they don't take criticism. This may be part of the human condition more generally, but For sure. everybody thinks they they have a sense of humor about themselves. <laughs> almost nobody does. Everybody yeah. thinks they're great at taking criticism. <laughs> almost nobody is, and, and everyone I, thinks they're the best product. <laughs> well, and, yeah. and, and and you know, look, like I, nobody's nobody's perfect, and yeah. and it's also just, I mean, I'm nobody. I am I am I am a dude with an opinion and a Mac, and that is that <laughs> an is Excel all that I, an Excel spreadsheet with and, missing keys, <laughs> and and you know like so so what? But but your guys the way you engage, you said hey look, would love to to yeah. taste through the rest of the range, and and gave me a much greater appreciation of Starwood, which I think hopefully came through in the, the interview yeah, I did absolutely. with you, um, and you know it's it's that's that's. I think you I'll get constructive and you move on. Like I think I'll credit to you. I mean, uh, there's a lot of. I just reached out to a writer today that had uh, spelled our company name wrong <laughs> in the review. How do you manage that? Uh, <laughs> I just separated the star and the ward. Oh, I see. But uh, a huge deal. But um, Star Wars. Yeah. Well, that's what. He, and he kind of compared it to that as well. Right, exactly. Oh, is that I what see. he did really. He brought up Star Jesus. Wars in the. I wish I'd thought of that angle. Uh, yeah. <laughs> no one else has. Um, and you know, like. I don't. I think he was being cheeky, but coming across on the internet, you never know. And mm. so, in the comment section, I not not DM him. Like as we were talking with Chris last this yeah. week about it, I put it on the mention right there, so everyone could see him. Like, hey, I'm the brand ambassador of Star Wars. Like, 
fair review. Thank you for doing all of this. Um, just want to make sure you know that spelling is one word, just so customers know. They go out there and search for yeah. it and look for it. Because he only had sample bottles that I had, so he didn't have full bottles that he posted. Mm -hmm. um, so it wasn't the label or anything like that or no actual uh, marketing material from the company. So yeah. you don't know what the bottles look like if you're reading this for the first time. I agree. Uh, you know, um, And that was the thing, too, that we touched on last week that I asked him, like, are we being too positive or diplomatic when reviewing you know, whiskeys in general, whether we're doing it uh, in print, online, verbatim, live, mm. as Chris does, you know? Yeah. Um, and I think that's why the hype has stayed where it's at. What hype? The hype, like, around the guys <laughs> from, you know, the Kentucky boys, you oh, know, okay. the good old boys. The hype has just kind of hovered around them the whole time, where there are some great distilleries from coast to coast, you mm. know, corner to corner, um, even globally, that do remarkable good shit. Well, why don't you ask a writer right here we have. So to that take, I appreciate when I read a couple of your pieces within the last few hours, to be honest, um, I appreciate the openness that you had going in, the thoroughness throughout your writing and your fairness and your overall review. I That's mean, very kind of you to say. Appreciate yeah, that. I mean, seriously, I didn't think anything was negative. If yeah. anything was very constructive, and we were just talking about how people are, cannot take constructive criticism, yeah. but I think it's fantastic. There, yeah, I'm glad Star Wars came up because yeah, I was thinking about this earlier. It, somebody said um, the thing about Star Wars is that no one hates Star Wars more than Star Wars fans. It's very true. And um, very I true. feel like whiskey has a little bit, at least at least we get a bit of that on malt, mm. where people go, oh, God, you're just you're so negative or you're so... And, and if, you, if you read it objectively, I think it's, it's, it's criticism, for sure. Yeah. For sure. And it's, it's funny that criticism is now taken to be negativity. Yes. Or, or Correct. That, yes. If, yes. If, a, if a whiskey isn't... And so maybe, maybe it's worth stepping back for a second talking about malt. And I, I, yeah, I should no, add yeah. a disclaimer. Um, I'm, I am not malt myself, right? <laughs> um, there are, so, so the core of malt is, and, and they'll, they'll probably reach out to me to correct something that I've said wrong. So um, you know, apologies in advance, Jason and Mark. But um, where malt came from was there were these two writers, um, Jason Julier, who is uh, better known as Whiskey Rover, and then uh, Mark, who is better known as Malt Review. Mm -hmm. And they, they found that they had the same sort of style, which was that um, unlike everybody else in the industry, they weren't interested in currying favor to keep the train of samples coming Correct. in their door. Right. Yes. Um, and so, so they were both doing that and they, they were, they were achieving some, some level of popularity, but, um, they combined forces and, and launched small review, the site as we know it, uh, mm -hmm. about two years ago, uh, back in 2017. And, and, and the, the, the kind of the core values are, um, independence. So there's no ad, ad yep. revenue coming in cause there's no ads on the site. Um, all, all the costs are paid either out of our own pockets or, or through our patron supporters, of whom we have 101 now nice. as of awesome. the other day. So thank you. Every single That's one of you cool. is very much appreciated and not taken all for granted. But, um, you know, we'll accept samples. You've, you've given me samples of stuff. Yeah. And I put, you know, this was provided to me by Jake. It does not affect my my. And that disclaimer is great to have. It's professional to have. It's important to have. I think it's important to point out. Yeah. Be, well, now it's so much in this day where it's become an industry of yeah. its own. Um, other writers have become, become in, into trouble with... Uh, Various, you know, like uh, authoritative positions because they never disclaimed it, used children's toys, things like that. But mm. yeah, yeah, and, and and it's you know, uh, the other the other thing I think sets us apart and, and plays into this whole thing is that we use a ten point scale and mm. we use the ten point scale. It's, yeah. it's an average score for us isn't a eighty nine, right? Like yeah. it like it might be for other 
whiskey publications using the using the hundred point scale, which yeah. we, we jokingly refer to as the eighty to ninety five point scale, because that's that's, that's all you ever see. <laughs> this was this was good. I kind of liked it. Ninety. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> it's it's silly, right? I mean, if you know, like it's if you a. yeah, if you turned in a C paper in school and got a ninety on it, like something would be wrong there. But uh, you know, you, people are drinking C yeah. whiskeys and and getting a getting a score ninety for them. So we we use the ten point scale and it's price sensitive, right? So there's yeah. there there are beautiful whiskeys out there, gorgeous whiskeys. But if you said, do you want to go to the store and, and open your own wallet and pay five hundred bucks for this? I'd say, you know, no, that's yeah. that's I wouldn't I wouldn't do it. I wouldn't advise a, a friend to do it. So we we come at it from that mindset of the consumer, and it's it's not it's not a ruse. It's not a, a, a put on like oh, we actually are consumers. The vast majority of bottles I buy yeah. or I review are, are bought by me. Okay, so. You know, it's it's. I'm feeling the pain. If if I if I go out and buy something and yeah. spend the cash on it, it sucks. Like that that hurts me personally. And I wouldn't yeah. I wouldn't want to be saying, okay, well, yeah, I know, but look, look, my buddy is yeah. the brand ambassador, or like, yeah, yeah no, these guys these guys are you know gonna take me on a trip, and so I gotta like kind of smooth this over because like I'd feel bad if somebody else went out and did that on the back of, of my recommendation when yeah. you yeah. know. That's so, good to know that like you have that consumer side to it. That position you're taking is from mm-hmm. you're the person staring at the shelf right now in the liquor store, and then. Here's my thoughts when I go home with a bottle. Yeah. And, th- and that's the hope is that somebody's standing there in front of a bottle of X, Y, or Z whiskey and they say, you know, they, they Google, you know, such and such a whiskey review and we come up and they go, oh, wow, this is. And when they see that it's a nine or an mm-hmm. eight or a seven, which, by the way, are all good scores from us. You know, I feel like people yeah. get a little offended sometimes when they're like, well, you gave, just gave it a seven out of ten. It's yeah. like that's not a 70 on the other scale. That's a seven out of ten it's on this scale. It's Pretty good. What are you yeah. doing? That skill, this price come into factor as well? Yeah, it does. So we, so we are. I mean, there's no scientific formula where I, you know, input price. <laughs> no, and Excel sheet whatever. no, I know, right? No, it's a, it's a malt 2.0. No, I, I, you know, it's, it's, and th- that's the other thing we're upfront about. Everything is my own subjective opinion. Like yeah. I said a minute ago, I'm nobody. I'm, a, I'm a guy who likes what I like. It doesn't mean it's gonna be what you like. Yeah. You know, a lot of the, it's sad sometimes. I get this feedback from people where I'll, 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 you know, give a. a critical review to a whiskey and they'll say oh but that's my favorite whiskey or like oh i love to drink that with my dad it's like you still drink it with your dad yeah, absolutely like it's not that does, does, yeah just my my preference doesn't have to be your preference this yeah. is just yeah just no i'm not drinking it with you yeah. when you your, drink it with your dad <laughs> exactly <laughs> like your palate is your palate my palate is my palate yeah. my, my palate's good and yours is uh, uh not other than yeah like in a lot of times palate, <laughs> palate comes to nostalgia as well or those, those good memories shout out to dad's drinking bourbon by the way they uh liked a lot of the stuff that we just recently did so shout out to those guys down in in st louis I believe they're in St. Louis or in Kentucky. One of the, Tennessee. They're in Tennessee, Nashville, to be exact. Sorry. Go on. <laughs> you th- I hope more whiskey comes out of Tennessee. I, you know, yeah. there's there's a couple of interesting, crafty, you know, um, uh, like Ch- what yeah. Corsair is doing. Um, Chattanooga. Chattanooga, yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, Grand Goussier. Have you guys Bell-Mead. seen this one? Which one? Grand Go- so it's the yes. Fugitives. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I've got a bottle open. I'll, I'll, give, you, I'll give you some. It's cool. this really interesting guy, but he... Um, he was a farm kid, and yes. you know he talks about seeing train cars full of corn going to to Jack Daniels, and he said yeah. to his dad, "Like, why can't why can't we make whiskey?" And his dad's like, "We're, we're getting paid more in a subsidy to not grow corn. Like, oh, it's it, it's yeah. a, it's an economic loser for us yeah. to actually be farming this farmland." Oh shit! And that always kind of stuck in his craw. So he he found uh, uh, Hickory King corn and uh, got some you know got some local farmers interested in growing it, and is doing. Um, He's he's told distilling on somebody else's stills. I can't say who, but um, somebody in a craft distiller in Nashville. So, um, but he's he's making really interesting whiskey, and it's it's young yet. But you can the raw materials are all there. I mean, yeah, you can you taste them. Coming through, huh? Interesting. I had a conversation with a bartender here in Chicago like two nights ago, <laughs> talking about how bad Tennessee whiskey was. Really? But I think she just hated the South in general. <laughs> <laughs> that's that's an awkward position to be in as a whiskey enthusiast. Yeah, a week, yeah. It, it was funny because like, and she's a good bartender too. I know their stuff, and I can't remember how the conversation of 
Oh, it came up with the uh, one of their uh, menu options um, <laughs> and how it was a, uh, uh, a Nashville hot style. Uh, yeah, Nashville hot style. Nashville hot whiskey? No, no food. <laughs> Oh, um, I see. Yeah, but maybe someday. I'm sure a fireball? Be a, there'll, there'll be a fireball of it. Be sickened of that? Um, but yeah, it was, and we were talking, and we were with Colm, and he asked about it, and he's like, well, I don't really, he didn't know what, he didn't know what Tennessee, Nashville hot was, and she's like, well, I don't really like anything from Tennessee. It's <laughs> like the South. I'm like, it's <laughs> <laughs> a very blanket statement. Yeah. Dickle number eight, to me, is one of the, yeah. and, and, and it's fun. Dickle 12, I love, yeah. you know, it's. Jack and Coke. No, never oh. got into the Jack and nope, Cokes. Nope. Yeah. Uncle Nearest, you know, they're doing some cool stuff. Uncle Nearest is coming out, yeah. yeah. They came out, I should say. Yeah, they did some interesting things. Um, yeah, I think you're right. I think, we'll, I think we should, I think we'll see some more, and we will see more and more coming out of Tennessee as time goes on. Yeah, there's, there's a couple of people doing interesting things down there. And even, you know, Because like, Corsairs is one of the four kings, right? Mm, yeah. Yeah. Yeah, 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 they've sure. been, they're one of the OGs of craft distilling yeah. for sure. Um, the uh, the other thing that's going on is is you know I, I got into some Jack Daniels single barrels recently. Yeah, that are like I mean if I put them in front of you blind, you would not be like oh this is Jack Daniels. Yeah. They're great. Yeah, I have yet to experience that, so I look forward to All that. Right, well, I've got I've got them open, and you've you've kindly handed me some samples here, so I'll do you. Uh, <laughs> I appreciate it. Do you the same in return and get get some of those to you? But they're they're interesting. I mean, it's you know they're not going to be for everybody's palate, but yeah. um, certainly you would never mix them up with like Jack Daniels Black Label old Number Seven. They're, mm. they're far far more substantial far from that. I drank a handle of Jack Lit Daniels one time in an evening with a friend and a oh, lot geez. of Coke and Coca-Cola. Safe. Coca-Cola. Gotcha. Diet Coke, maybe. Coke. Who knows? Yeah. You mean a cola? Yeah. Oh, diet, I not, can see. Not right Coke. Now. Not in, Coke. For the nose. Gotcha. But I've been accused a few times of doing that <laughs> and asked twice in one night before if I had any. And i never been asked in my life before that. So I was like, what about tonight? Am I portraying as a Coke dealer? <laughs> what, what am I going to be asked for today? Yeah. Well, but anyway, um, yeah. Jack and Coke. But, uh, yeah, I kind of to Taylor. So, yeah, Taylor, it'd be in full honesty, too. So, Taylor did a uh, Q&A together um, back in what, July, maybe? Yeah, that's so, right. Yeah, yeah just Summer. kind of the full disclaimer about kind of Star Wars and being an ambassador uh, in the U.S., too. And then, um, kind of, like, it was really great to see you open your mind and your palate up to uh, various other styles of Star Wars and not just one bottle, but kind of seeing what we had to offer as an entire company. Well, very pleasantly surprised as well. I mean, you know, the, the, the really fascinating thing for me was that tasting the new make. Oh, yeah, so much of, so you know, good. when you hear wine cask, right? Like, I think of wine cask whiskey as being, like, very fruity and yeah. You know, yeah. very sort of um, bursting with a lot of, of these very, you know, robust flavors. And um, what was what was fascinating was that how much of that was intrinsic to the new make. Yeah, absolutely. And, like, that, that, was all, that was all coming off the stills. Like, there was, this wasn't an overlay. This was, this was elemental to, to the spirit. Absolutely. Um, which I love because that's... Spirit interests me way more than than cask, mm. um, my personal opinion. But no, no, it's uh, actually so we have some sales reps down there right now um, at the distillery, and they posted a picture of it, and it's just so tasty. We just drink it off off the still. Um, we drink it also after after it's been uh, uh, fermented too. Really, yeah, I taste the beer and stuff. And so our distillers kind of do some projects with like dry hopping um, after cool. it comes off the off the, off the fermenter. Yeah, that'd yeah. be cool. Yeah, so there's a lot of uh, neat things go. That's what happens when you have a bunch of brewers working in a distillery. But <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it's from there. Uh, yeah, uh, Taylor and I have stayed in communication, um, and we want to bring him on talk about like what how whiskey impacts his world yeah so with you it's kind of like how did the whole fascination of whiskey come along yeah so i um as a kid you know i would i would drink um (laughs) what's that (laughs) he's in finance that that came later actually whiskey (laughs) was first um so as a kid i actually used to drink jack daniels and coke yeah absolutely you know 
Um, and then I, I moved to Scotland uh, to go to college there and was drinking um, like White and McKay, which is their, uh, you know, cheap, yeah. cheapo, you know, 10 pounds scotch blended whiskey or whatever. Um, and it was it was kind of like maybe my junior, senior year where I started to, you know, you, you, you grow up and you evolve a little bit. And I started to drink, you know, go to the pub and have a Glenmorangie neat, you know, this was, you know. 21 years sort old. of baby steps. Yeah. And there was great, Livian's is a, is a, was a bottle shop in, in St. Andrews where I was at the time, and they had an amazing selection and, mm. you know, bottles now that, like, you know, we're talking about this was 2002, three, four. Mm. So stuff that, that now would be unobtainable Cutting, yeah. and, and wow. was, just, was just on the shelf. You could just go get some, you know, uh, Benaromic from before they'd, they'd closed the distillery the first time. Huh. Um, and uh, so started, started to get a little more serious about it. And then, and then just, just kind of, like, went into this sort of latency period of, you know, coming back from college, working, um, and then after a few years, I got into wine, and then it was hmm. it was doing a lot more of like, you know, I, I remember getting the confidence up to like write a tasting note the first time, like my own tasting note. Yeah, you know, and then um, cool. was doing wine tasting notes for a while, and then had a friend who actually was a he's an American guy, lives in Tokyo, married to a Japanese woman, and, and is has forgotten more about whiskey than I'll ever know. I mean, this guy is, is <laughs> hugely guys. knowledgeable, yeah. And you know, he started to turn me on to not not only Japanese whiskey, but also just knew a ton about Scotch. Um, and then that, so I started, I started, you know, on the same site that I was doing the, the wine notes on, I was started to do whiskey notes as okay. well. Um, and then was doing that for a couple of years and then, and then finally got up the gumption to, to submit an article to Malt and they, mm. they, uh, opened it or, you know, published it and, and, and opened a, a can of worms, <laughs> I just uncorked the genie's bottle and, uh, <laughs> I, I I think before the before the first one actually hit the site, I sent them like two more. I was yeah. just started this furious pace of, of writing. I know, yeah. Wow. Um, and then so somebody on Twitter was joking. Uh, this is an Australian guy, but he, he's like, you know, you know, Taylor came from nowhere to be the hardest working man in whiskey reviews. And I was struggling for a brand identity at the time. Yeah. I didn't really have a tagline, so I so in in quotes. Yeah. Because somebody else said it, they, that that's my that's my handle. Go so ahead hard, and use the it. Hardest working someone man says in whiskey it. Reviews, yeah. But, um, but I thought that, that was very very tongue in cheek. People people get on me about that from time to time on Twitter, and I'll just that's be like, hey. The hardest working man in whiskey. <laughs> the hardest working man in whiskey reviews. Yeah, <laughs> you haven't reviewed this, so how can you be the hardest working man? You don't even know about this. <laughs> I love Twitter so much. You haven't had this backwoods stuff from Mississippi yet. It's, I, you know, since the Twitter, I like it because it's just I get what I need quickly. Mm. It is very grow. efficient yeah, delivery it's mechanism. Very easy. I'll tell you what. Somebody described it to me this way. They said, um, "Instagram is like LA. It's it's boring heaven, and Twitter is like New York. It's fun hell." <laughs> <laughs> wonderful comparison. I think that, that yeah. really, sums really nailed it for me. Do you realize that the Midwest is never including in these type of... Uh, Especially the greatest city in the world, Chicago? Yeah. You know, I kind of like the fact that yeah. we're not in, like, referred to in that sense, mm. you know? I love that. Hey, the people are, are universally complimentary of Chicago yes. for when they're from somewhere else. Definitely. And yeah. they don't have to live here and pay taxes and stuff. They yeah. They... You know, people are, are always like, oh, man, I came to Chicago. I loved it. I was like, oh, it must have been June. <laughs> <laughs> That's for sure. But no, it's, great. it's a great city, and it's, it's my home. So You always yeah. know when they say, yeah, I did that tour with the boats to the river. I'm like, oh, so you made it in the summertime. That's very yeah, good. Yeah. <laughs> you made it here or late fall. Although it's like I uh, was shooting headshots on the LaSalle Street Bridge maybe like a month ago. You have uh, headshots? Oh, I f- photograph people. Oh, okay. Like, I don't have a personal headshots. This I take glamour I take, for your modeling career. <laughs> no, you're playing a coke dealer in a movie. <laughs> I was, I was. Um, although I was in LA and got someone's headshot on their business card. I don't even know what this person even Bold. does, but it was definitely like a headshot from like 1999 because the person does not match the person I saw in person. False advertising. Very much glamour so. shots. I was like, and it also was like the very 1990 style, like 
poofier hair. She had the Rachel haircut or something. Yeah, yeah. it was like right before that. <laughs> Dating yourself. Haircut. Yeah, yeah. It was like right before that haircut was super popular. Um, I don't know what else, but yeah, uh, headshots. Oh, um, I saw uh, I was shooting headshots. It was like 35, 37 degrees at most, and comes by one of those boat tours and people are outside on the deck and it was like freezing cold out because this was like early on in December so it was just kind of hitting us you know and like do you want to sit outside in this you crazy people what's wrong yeah, you with you know what it, it's, you gotta admire the determination and also I should I note that, 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 that uh, those boats have a uh, bar and that yeah, bartender do. has a heavy hand man yeah. get yeah. some margaritas that you're yeah. holding onto that railing pretty tight after <laughs> yeah. those it's also like one of the places you can actually get a craft beer in the city for like six dollars too like mm. not crazy yeah it's, 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 it's a wonderful experience I mean I it's, agree. it's cliche and like it's you know the number one thing to do in Chicago, but yeah, no sure. reason. I think, it, but yeah, definitely, when people come to Chicago, what to, one tours thing should I do? That yeah, architectural tour through the river, definitely. But yeah. enough advertising for them. What do you think? Should you advertise more for them? No, no, no. Let's get back to Taylor. Cool. Yes. So when you started reviewing, was it Scotch and Japanese mostly? Yeah, no, I. I so it's funny, right? Because um, you know, a, a prophet is not without honor except in his own land, as as the good book says. Um, you know, I'd never paid that much attention to bourbon because it was just I something, was wondering, yeah, something you just bought by the handle. I mean, it was just it was around for sure, you know. Wow. And so, and you know, Scotch was this this very rarefied, you know, so this like fancy 07, thing. 08, I'm kind of thinking, yeah, uh, that I that I was starting getting more into yeah, whiskey, right? even even probably more recent than that, more like probably 12, 13, 14. Okay, I mean, so I, right. I, I was a whiskey drinker this entire time, yep. but it was not in terms of like paying that serious, meticulous attention to it. Like I was, I was, was the guy that yeah. would go out to dinner and be like having the Waiter, bring over the wine bottle so I can photograph it and taking notes and stuff at dinner, like irritating the living shit out of everybody. <laughs> but that was because I was tr- I was trying to study. Your was comes to, yeah, you're trying to get, oh, okay, thank you. Yeah, um, but uh, yeah, so so doing you know, but 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 whiskey was just fun. Whiskey was just giant yeah. Walker Black on the rocks or whatever. Yeah, you know? that was a, that was a precipice of the of the bourbon boom essentially. You know, so yeah, I could see you more drinking that because even craft was just coming around at, in 2012. Um, 2013 is kind of when I started finding it more. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, like yeah. So Evan ahead. Williams was the you know was a, a 1.75 liter bottle of Evan Williams was the only bottle of bourbon I typically had in the house. I mean, I'd have tons of scotch, but it was just you know the, the white bourbon. label, black label. Yeah, black label. Although yeah. I've, I've I've recently become a convert to the uh, the bottled bond. Bottled bond's uh, nice, super tasty. Yeah. Although you can't, I actually you can't say anymore. Yeah. That a that a bourbon's good because then it goes away. <laughs> If, you're, well, if, you're, if your initials yeah. are FM, no, I was like, I was, mind, I was I reading your Booker's article. I forgot how they switched it. Um, was it 2017 or 2018 when it went to like six and a half years? Yeah. And people started talking about, is this next allocated with bourbon? Yeah. And I was like, fuck. Did they start telling that? Like, oh, man. It's done. It's my you favorite, can't, it's my favorite yeah. whiskey. It's already, you know, you can find it for sometimes $65. Yep. For, and yeah. for what it is, it's a great price point, even yeah. when you're paying 74 75 at Binnie's for it. Um, but shout out to Mike Moreno. Um, he keeps it fair. Yeah, like sixty-five dollars, I think, for Booker's. Yeah. Um. So, but uh, yeah, I was like, don't let my favorite whiskey become, you know, a three hundred dollar bottle because I've seen like some of the thirty years, uh, thirty year uh, Booker's for like three hundred and twenty dollars, which yeah, is those fine. Are collectors items, right? Exactly. No, but for for an everyday, uh, not everyday, but yeah. necessarily, but like a, a go to thing that is still within reach. Buying I mean, once or twice a year for sure. Yeah. Yeah, and and you know, look, um, if you, I'll send you the spreadsheet, and anybody who wants it can can <laughs> DM me, uh, and and get it. But the age doesn't really change that much. I mean, it, no. it was. I think you know, you had a seven handle on it initially, and it's gone down to kind of bounces around between maybe six point five and six point eight years. Yep. But okay. it's not. It's not a huge yeah. divergence relative to what it would initially. Have. Yeah, huh. I can't remember. I started like hearing those conversations about it possibly being like the next allocated whiskey, next allocated bourbon, if you will, from uh, from the states. But um, I was just like, do we have to really make everything so exclusive to buy and to purchase when? 
Now you're, now you're paying $65 for Weller 107, and when it was, I paid $35 for it this summer. Yeah. Okay. yeah. Well, I mean, but you have, to, you have to feed the hype, you know. Yeah, but you, you I mean, you have that's, to keep and these are the questions I wanted to get your opinion yeah. about. Like seeing the transition as a writer uh, of all these prices going up and things going to allocation, maybe us as Americans taking ourselves taking our whiskey a little bit too serious. Yeah, and and you know we talk a lot about all the good stuff that comes out of whiskey, yeah. friendships and um, all, all the the memories and, and mm-hmm. all this. It's it's a very evocative liquid. You know, that'll be associated with special times in your life. And and look, that's that's all true. But, like, what we don't spend enough time talking about, in my opinion, is, is all the bad stuff that comes along, right? Yes. So uh, I'll give you an example. In, in Scotland now, um, the festival bottlings are very popular. So, um, the, you know, if you, if you go to the Speyside Festival or, or um, the Campbelltown Festival, distilleries will release a special bottle that mm-hmm. is commemorating that event. And it's something that is usually a single cask or a little bit quirky, and they're, li- they're limited in, in supply. So it's a couple hundred bottles of it. Um, and people line up and, and you know bring along a couple friends and they'll, they'll buy four of them or whatever. Yeah. And um, you don't you, you can walk across the parking lot of the distillery and hand it to the auction house fan. Really? You never you never have to wow. actually have you, you don't even have to like drive it to the auction house yourself. You just there's a there guy waiting there to collect the whiskey that you are obviously flipping. Like, oh, um, <laughs> there's there's so many examples of this in in um, American bourbon. Um, well, American bourbon. <laughs> uh, <laughs> In, in American whiskey, um, you know, you hear you hear some stories like, um, again, a very prominent critic got his tire slashed after he had had uh, called out, uh, you know, somebody's go-to bottled and bond really? whiskey is, you know, he's he's a best value in, in you know whiskey or whatever. Yeah. And then of course it flew off shelves, and now people put the price up from you know, thirty bucks to eighty bucks or whatever, and uh, somebody slashed this guy's tires. <laughs> again, to our to our comment wow. earlier, like. Yeah. If that's your orientation yeah. towards whiskey, you you gotta you gotta talk to a. I mean, it kind of goes back spiritual to spiritual professional or somebody. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. absolutely. No, because it goes back to like our first conversation of sports. You know, because the fanatic, you know, fan comes there for a reason, and people just go a little too serious, and especially like in Premier League soccer and soccer across the world, the NFL fans, I get a bad rep. I see it at college football games most weekends when I try to go to games, and you're just like, I kind of hate coming to games because there's grown men in. Uh, teenager's jersey going uh, psycho about a play that will not affect him whatsoever and will never have the talent to ever uh, step on that field at any time in their yeah. entire life. Yeah, it's sick. And um, in, in, in so many aspects. Um, and, and, you know, again, just call it bad behavior when you see it. Yep, just, absolutely. We, we create the norms around this stuff. If the norm <laughs> is, I'm going to, it's like Black Friday, I'm going to bowl over another yeah. adult human being to get my hands on a bottle of bourbon. Like, yeah. that's, that, yeah. that becomes the norm. So take somebody to step in and say, Hey, cool it. So yeah. that's that's a little bit of what we try to do. But um, it is, you know, counterfeiting is, is another one where it's mm. like, you know, this isn't this isn't flipping a bottle. This is manufacturing one out of yep. out of yeah. an empty you bought on eBay and uh, you know ripping somebody off. Yeah. No, I was talking to a um, a bartender or bar owner who says they were um, saving their bottles of Pappy, and I'm like, you shouldn't do that. And he's like, well, I'm selling them to make money. I'm like, you shouldn't do that. Because people, it's like, why? I'm like, well, people then go ahead and counterfeit it. And basically, we're bringing back the whole rectifier days of, you know, the 1800s, uh, early 1900s as well. That was almost ruined bourbon bur- or ruined American whiskey at one mm-hmm. point. Um, he's like, well, what do you mean? I'm like, people just fill it up with whatever and sell it off as pappy. And they think they're making, someone's getting it. They make $600,000, whatever they're charging for it. I mean, probably more around the $1,200, $1,600 mark, if not more than that. And they're getting fake juice. 
it's like that doesn't help the whiskey world, doesn't help you, doesn't help me, doesn't help anybody who's involved in this. Yeah. So let, let me on on the topic of Pappy because it's it's yeah. I, I think a focal point of a lot of the absolutely bad behavior or or unsavory behavior or just just kind of stupidity petulant behavior. Yeah, <laughs> but, but like what, let, let me ask you guys, and I'm and I'm not being a, a, a jerk by asking this no. or not trying to be. Uh, what is Pappy? Hype. No, I mean no, I'm 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 actually like physically that liquid in that bottle. What is it? It's BTEC. <laughs> is it though? I mean that's what we're told. I mean th- so so. They started the partnership with Buffalo Trace, I think, in two thousand two, right? Yeah, about right there. Yeah. So, so when they're releasing a when they're releasing a twenty three year old bottle of whiskey, right? Yeah. What yeah. is that exactly? Or or twenty? I mean, uh, we were uh, so Preston Van Winkle did a, a tasting at Big Star uh, mm. this past year, which which I wrote for Malt. But you know, I, I said, hey, um, you know, this wasn't this wasn't within the window. You know, this twenty year old wasn't within the window of um, when you guys had the partnership with Buffalo Trace. So, like, where did it come from? He's like, oh yeah, that one's uh, uh, that's Bernheim, right huh. now now Heaven Hill. So, do you think somebody going out there to, to pay, I mean, the, the couple hundred bucks at yeah. retail or the couple thousand bucks at auction, like, does that person know that's Heaven Hill? Yeah. And, and, look, and they're transparent about it, but it, I don't think it's out there enough. I mean, are they? That, so that, that's I've something I want to talk, talk about, about with it. you. Yeah, please go ahead. Yeah. The, the whole idea of transparency. Yeah. Um, you know, I had, I, had, I had a conversation, I won't name the distillery, but it was a, a distillery, craft distillery here in the Midwest. And, um, you know, was, was just calling them up to do what I do with distillers, which is talk to them, say, hey, what's your story? Yeah. You know, where this come from? And, and, you know, talking through his production process. And so, so this bottle that I got my hands on, you know, where, where is, is this, this all your juice? Because he talked about we were sourcing. He's like, well, read me the number, the batch number. And he's like, oh, no, that was, um, you know, that, that was part MGP and part our stuff that we yeah. blended together and we, we eventually phased MGP out. And I'm like, huh, okay. He's like, but we're totally transparent about that. I'm like, well, you're totally transparent with me who got on the phone to call you and ask you this specific question in a pointed way because I care about yeah. the details. But, Good like, point. somebody picking that bottle up off the store shop, I mean, there was no, there was no mention on it of, you know, distilled in Well, it doesn't have to be. I mean, it, you know, I mean, if it's a blend, how do you, yeah. how is that on the, well, the TTB is pretty strict enough where if it's not completely, dist- I mean, the, the whole distillation, as you're familiar with, the labels and whatnot, you know, and the TTB is getting coming down a little more, you know, a bit more on newer product and these uh, sourced bottles or sourced juices. It's just, you're right. I mean, how do you how do you know? How do you know that's what it's supposed to be? Yeah, it's really interesting, too, because, like, so um, Matt Brown, who's representative for Blombros uh, Distilling, they... Did they have it on their bottle that it was sourced from MGP initially? Well, it was called Nodder Bourbon, was, yeah. which was not exactly. ours. So there's if you never got actually, that joke. Yeah, exactly. I, I think would, it did say on the bottle, though, that it, it was from Lawrenceburg, Indiana. Yeah. And, Bottled by. Yeah. And Matt comes on this podcast, you know, at least once a month. And we don't have a huge following, but I guess that way they can talk about it. They, they're transparent. Like, hey, Matt's always like, hey, we, we're out of our MGP stuff. Nodder Bourbon is this. Like, he broke it down. The brothers came on the podcast uh, in the summertime as well and told us, you know, a story, a detailed story of it all. I think that's fair to do, but obviously. Um, but if it's not on the label, it isn't complete transparency. And, I, and I'm not calling them out. I just think it's cool that, that just one distiller like that will actually do that, like come out and yeah. say like, publicly in many different forums whenever they're asked about it. But it is a good question. Yeah, they were they were more um, upfront about it than than most. But I guess there's there's, there's truth doing, in the, doing the right thing and doing things right. Correct. Yeah. Right. And and so this is back to Scotland. So one of the things mm-hmm. I studied was moral philosophy. And there's two there's two schools of moral philosophy, right? Which is the the study of how to do the right thing. What ought you do? One is called deontology, which is um, doing figuring out in advance of whatever you're doing what the right thing to do would be, like mm-hmm. based on principles and just doing that. Mm-hmm. And the other is called consequentialism, which is that 
you, you judge things based on how they come out, yes. right? So, mm. like, utilitarianism, right? What, what produces the most good in, in practice, right? And I think that, that people think they're being transparent because they're saying, well, on the back of my label, it says, you know, down here in this teeny, teeny, tiny little, you know, the front <laughs> is bold-faced, craft, yeah. my grandfather's <laughs> recipe, you know. Um, and in the back, it's like teeny, teeny, tiny, you know, one-point font, okay, you yeah. know, distilled in, in yeah. Lawrenceburg, Indiana. Um, and and I get people on, on social media coming to me and saying, hey, help me out here. Like, is this source? Like, I really can't tell. And I said, well, shoot, shoot me the back label. And it's like, yeah, okay, see down there where it says this? Like, that's... Now, now you could say, well, I put it on the label, so it's being totally transparent. But if your consumer isn't aware of that or it's yeah. hard for them to figure out, or once again, from the perspective of somebody just going to the store mm-hmm. to pick a bottle off the shelf, if that person can't readily figure that out, then how, in mar- how transparent yeah. are you being in practice? And marketing is confusing as well because I've had multiple people like doing liquor store tastings, and they come up and... They have a long branch in their hand. Mm-hmm. This happened twice. They're like, oh, Matthew McConaughey's whiskey. It's like, no, he just he helps market that whiskey. He doesn't make it. It's made at Wild Turkey, and it's all on the label, but yeah. it's just a confusion of what it is yeah, to, sure. to, to a novice drinker. Mila Kunis, yeah. master distiller. She is. And her Jim Beam whiskey <laughs> label <is>. that she <laughs> created. <laughs> Wonderful. She, her and my Kentucky wife are Bourbon best Hall friends. Fame. Is that true? <laughs> no. <laughs> they met like twice. Um, <laughs> no, but it is a wonderful question. It, it, I think it kind of relates back to what's happening to use another sports reference. Why is it okay in one league to sit with an iPad on the sideline, review everything you just saw, mm-hmm. and then go use that information on your next drive? But if you're at the if you're at the plate and you have someone sending you a message of through an iPad, you're not well, an Astros fan, are you, Jake? I'm, I'm a Cubs fan, but that's why I like to hear. Yeah, um, but. Uh, Houston asterisk. But like, someone has exactly, uh, it felt right. But it's like, why? Why is that legal? Like you said, it's consequential to the environment that you're in. Yeah, and and that's and that's ultimately what we want to get at. Is is um, back to and I hate to hammer on Pappy, and I've told no. the story so many times, people are probably sick of hearing it. But um, I think you, it's important people because I know people that aren't super serious whiskey drinkers listen to this, but they know what Pappy is, right? Like everybody else. So so if you get a bottle of um, Old Rip Van Winkle, ten year old, it says right there on the label, um, distilled at Old Rip Van Winkle Distillery. Yeah. Right. No distillery of that name has ever existed ever. in the history of time. No, there was Stitzel Weller, which which is now which, the the Bullet you know Visitor Center, right? Yeah. Where no distilling is going on currently. You know, there's this whole Buffalo Trace relationship. They were sourcing stock from Old Boone and and you know all over the place. Um, why would you put that on the label? Mm-hmm. It's, it's very confusing. I mean, people that are I know that I've met people at events. Every event I feel like I go to that com- this conversation of Pappy comes up because people see it. And they th- and then a they think that Old Red Van Winkle is Pappy, which is two different whiskeys, similar juices, um, so but where they're distilled at, where they're aged at, where they're bottled at, even um, or even the age, the age of it also de- de- determines which is which as well. And I, and I almost think I feel sorry for them in a way because it was only because of the uh, the warehouse team stealing it from the warehouse that it became such a popular whiskey yeah. um, where, you know, for seven years, this is stuff is being allocated out of the, out of the distillery to the unbeknownst to them. And it's a good juice. That's why it's popular in the first place. Cause it tastes good. I think it's part of it anyway. And then next thing you know, like, Oh, we can't get our hands on this all the time. It's an allocation. Mm. And then it becomes even more popular. This whole like black market, um, supposedly bottles being broken, you know, by authorities and all yeah. this stuff. It, it's, it becomes an allure to it. It's almost like reminiscent of what happened uh, during Prohibition. I'm glad you brought that up. Today is enactment day. Or it is. Something yeah. Actually, I, forgot, I didn't bring that up today. Yeah. Uh-huh. Uh, I'm so tired of hearing about Prohibition. 
<laughs> it happened a long time ago. <laughs> well, that's what Nazi war criminals say. But no, the um, the the, the it, it's it's the E150A caramel of whiskey stories, mm. right? Whenever whenever you don't have a real story about what you're doing, mm. you 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 bring up the P word and you say this is this is the first. Uh, craft distillery in the Tri Cities area, run by a guy it. whose last name ends with the letter D. Yeah. Since prohibition. Since prohibition. Like it, it's 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 this cheap form of, of narrative color that doesn't ultimately matter yeah. at all, except in a very few cases. Um, and, and, and they and the industry cannot shut up about it. And we and we're the only ones that know about it. Like the average customer, like oh yeah, I knew we couldn't drink for like a few years. They couldn't tell you like. When it started, they couldn't tell you the roles, the people involved, the characters that were all across the entire country. They couldn't tell you that three states didn't even enact prohibition. They couldn't tell you that 25 states already had prohibition before oh, yeah. prohibition mm. even started um, and all that good stuff. And like we love it as you know, nerds of the industry and people that want to know the, know the rich history that comes behind what we're selling, what we're writing about, what we're doing, and what we're drinking. Yeah. But the average person is like, does it taste good? <laughs> well, so so this is th- this I'll comes back to the the prior point, right? We'll go down this line of of discussion sometimes, yeah. uh, either on the site or on social media, and 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 you know I get my backup about well why why do you why do you have the name of a distillery that never existed on your bottle, right? Why you talked about that in E H Taylor article you just wrote, yeah, too. exactly, yeah, just the, they were you know the old old fashioned copper distillery, and then you email them and they say, well, actually we're producing it at you know seventeen ninety two Barton, and it's like. Okay, yeah. guy, well, you know, which I don't think I knew that. To be honest with you, I did not know that. There, there, how would you, unless you, unless you emailed Buffalo Trace PR and said, "Hey, what's the deal with this?" I'm right? going to do that. Um, but they're being totally transparent about it. <laughs> <laughs> well, okay. but, you are. <laughs> well, so here's the deal, right? Why, why do I care? Yeah. Why? Because yeah. people will often come back to that refrain that you just made of. Well, ultimately, it's just about, like, what's in the bottle that matters, and if it tastes good, then who cares? And they can put whatever they want on the bottle, and you know, whatever. Buyer beware. But. I believe that things are important. I believe that, I believe I that um, what something's made out of is important, the raw materials. I believe that who makes it is important. I believe mm-hmm. that how it's made is important. I believe mm-hmm. that the, the philosophy behind that is yep. a sweet mash or a sour mash. Yeah. What's barrel entry proof? Like, yeah. you know, what, where are the barrels coming from? What yeah. size are they? How long were they matured for? Correct. Mm-hmm. Like, all, the, all this, I, I really charm? do yeah. mean, it, I really do believe that it, it means something and it makes a difference to the, the taste of 100%. what ends up in the bottle. And that's why I ask these questions. And right. that's why, why people come read our site where we go into this level of detail. Yeah. So to say, to say, well, you know, uh, yeah, but they're playing fast and loose, but it's, <laughs> it's a, you know, it, do, it doesn't matter because it's ultimately what's in the bottle. It's like, no, all that, all that stuff yeah. feeds into what's in the bottle. And it's also says something about your philosophy, about the integrity of your production process or do, what are you doing? Yeah. Well, I think we, but at the same time, we are the enablers of this though. As individuals, as human beings, we are the actual enabler of where we're at right now, asking these very questions and answering, trying to answer um, from subjective positions. And, and you as a writer, us as brand ambassadors, and then also as whiskey you know, enthusiasts you know, enthusiasts. at home. So, I mean, it, it's, it gets to a point where it's like, we just need to stop. We just need to call people out on their bullshit, which is personally <laughs> what I think, that's what I get from when I read Malt. It's like, you know what, when are we just going to, like, stop all the bullshit and really talk about what's in the it's bottle? It's the old adage of you know, what I just spoke about earlier of, you know, if you don't know history, you're, you're doing to repeat yourself. Sure. That's what happened in the industry with rectifiers. And before we had um, bottle and bond acts and all these other government agencies coming into play to actually hold distilleries into keep. So there wasn't the old laws of, like, the, you know, the whiskey ring and everything like that. Mm. And, you know, people paying off uh, statement, states, statesman authorities to get their whiskey um, for lower taxes, essentially essentially create Creating, um, you know, fraud on their taxes for six, seven years, and that whole mm. point of it, and that whole generation of whiskey distilling. If we aren't, if we aren't, you know, transparent about what is actually going into the whiskey, 
what would prevent people from making really crappy whiskey or un, uh, you know, just garbage juice, essentially, and uh, blending it with something very nice that comes from somewhere else and making it taste all right Yeah, and selling it for a high price point. I, again, it matters to me. And, and, Absolutely. And the to people that the people that support us, it matters to them too. And like, look, I'm like yourself. I, I speak to a niche of a niche of a niche, right? I mean, yeah. there's not the, yeah. the, there's, there's not a general interest site. This yeah. is very very specific. And it's and true. I'll tell you what it you know it might seem like the negative reviews or the really critical article, articles are the ones where I have to you know call somebody to task for doing the stuff. Like it may seem like those are the ones that are more fun to to write. Mm, yeah. But like like that doesn't get me out of bed in the morning. Like I, no. I don't I don't want to spend my day throwing stones at McAllen or Buffalo Trace. Like that's not yeah. that's not like my idea of a good time. Like I right. love when I can and I, I encourage anybody listening to check out the um, Kentucky Peerless uh, interview with mm. Caleb Kilburn, their master distiller. Yeah, I read who that was too. I mean this was ended up being six thousand words. No joke. <laughs> Wow. Um, you know, he, he talked through every aspect of the production process, why mm-hmm. they why they believe in sweet mash, right? What they're doing differently in terms of, of barrel entry proof and, and you know, the trade-offs and why does a bottle of rye from them cost, you know, a three, three-year-old bottle of rye costs 100 bucks, right? Yep. It's like, yeah. Um, and, and the and bourbon you, only costs 70. It is. Right. <laughs> well, yeah. yeah. And, 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 they're, and you know what? Like, and look, the bourbon they, took longer. They could have released that bourbon at, at 100 yeah. bucks, but they didn't. Yeah. Credit to them. But, um you you know that's that's the story that I want to tell. That's what yeah. gets me excited about whiskey. It's it's not it's not hey hey everybody you're getting ripped off again. Like that's unfortunately the side effect of what we have to do. But like when I can, but it's it's only doing that that allows me to have credibility of like I'm not I'm not just passing on marketing fluff. I'm not acting as a PR appendage of of yeah. Kentucky Peerless. I'm not just regurgitating their press release. Like I like yeah. I care about the story and I'm telling. I always tell the real story, and when the real story's good, I tell a good story. When the real story's bad, I gotta tell a bad story. It's so. <laughs> a fair way of putting it. <laughs> somebody, somebody recently, you know, said um, about this, and, and it wasn't it wasn't pertaining to whiskey, but it was pertaining to interviewing people. And they said, you know, when you when you when you interview people and are writing about them, you know, sometimes it, at, at first they're reluctant to cooperate, and then you say to them, okay, well, like you don't want to talk to me, but. Um, I've I've talked to a bunch of people you fired, and I talked to a bunch of competitors that you put out of business. Oh man, are they happy to talk about you? And then all of a sudden, their their calendar is clear, and you can you can get really? some great access to them. But like I, you know, I'm gonna I, I go to the store and I buy a bottle of whiskey, mm-hmm. and at the point that I've handed over my money and I've I've pulled the cork on that whiskey, like that's fair game. You sold that product to me as a sure. consumer, and that's what I am. I'm a consumer, and I I'm gonna open this. I'm gonna think what I think about it. I'm gonna read everything on your website. I'm gonna try to get in touch with you. Right. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, you can talk to me or not, but like I'm still going to write that review now. And I think they come out better when I've got a little more color from the people actually making the stuff. But yeah, like absolutely. I look, some, yeah. somebody put it this way, and, and I'll, I'll steal this without attributing it because I can't remember where it came from. But they said, "Look, I'm going to give you a haircut. You can sit still or you can move around, but like you're getting a haircut. And it's good now. Probably going to come out better <laughs> if you sit still, right? So that's that's how I that's how I think about it. When you're writing any for any bottle, do you try to reach out to the distillery every, every time. time? Every time, yeah. That's it's, that's so important. I think Wilson and I have drove this point, you know, a lot on this podcast about how there's a negligency in just a laziness upon whiskey bloggers, whiskey writers in this um, new generation or new you know epic epoch of a of whiskey writing where. People just go ahead and write, you know, two, three hundred words, have a following of anywhere from, you know, five, ten, twenty thousand people that probably enjoy um, what they say or are at least curious about um, their insights to what they're drinking. And when you give something a negative review without really actually detailing the product or even talking to somebody, and this is most of these people are people that have never worked in a distillery, never probably even been on to a distillery other than the tour they probably paid for. Mm. 
I think that's just not fair to the distillers themselves. Sorry, I should actually clarify that. When I say every time, it's it's that pertains to when there's there's somebody to so like for example the Star Wars review yeah, yeah. I did I, d- I didn't actually reach out to you guys and probably should have no. right I mean it, it's but you gave a fair assessment of what you thought about the whiskey yeah but but it but it, it definitely my appreciation and, and this came through in the the interview that we did my appreciation of it certainly increased as I was able to talk to you and to taste some more stuff in the yeah. range yeah um you know or or you know if I'm if I'm reviewing something from Diageo right like whatever has whatever anyone can say about Kalila has already been said sure. I'm not going to add anything to the yeah to the global whiskey conversation about Kalila other than here's what I thought about this particular bottling. It's like, that doesn't, I don't feel like that necessarily requires me reaching out and like, mm. talking to some bit Kalila. Is that why I've noticed you're reviewing a lot more American whiskeys? Yeah, so so that's a, it's an, it's an interesting thing. There's no, the, the team is set up in a really interesting way. So there's there's um, Jason Mark, as I said. Um, there's there's a cast of what you might call regulars. Uh, yeah. So Adam, who's, who's by far the best writer in spirits, probably, um, not just on malt. Um, it, 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 breathtakingly good writer. I feel bad every time I read one of his articles because I'm like, I'll just stop, never be that good. That's why I stopped um, writing. Uh, everybody, Phil, I feel that everybody. <laughs> there you go. And modest. Uh, no, the so so Phil is is uh, has his own hashtag, which is jealous pathetic. So somebody had slapped him with this after he uh, after he reviewed Conor McGregor's whiskey poorly. <laughs> so Phil's a Phil's a Northern Irish guy who is about the loveliest person you could ever meet, but his reviews are very acidic. Hopefully, as you're listening to this on a Monday morning, Donald Cerrone beat the shit out of Conor McGregor on Saturday night. So, yeah, Hopefully that's my so. thoughts. He's uh, my favorite fighter. I don't have a dog in that particular fight. Oh, but. Donald Cerrone's my favorite fighter, so. So, there we go. Sorry to interrupt. I just, you know, it's, uh, you gotta think, like, when you're, when you're in the business of having your mouth closed for you with somebody else's fist, like, yeah. really takes a special type of personality to keep doing what that guy does, but. Yeah, both of them, yeah. You know, you he's bringing mine to stay warm, so. so what do I mouth, and then it just changes. Everything changes. Once you get punched in the mouth. But on, on so on that topic, um, the you know Phil Phil's the Irish guy, so he does more yeah. Irish whiskey. I I by virtue of so you know this is an interesting thing about Chicago. Within two hours of here drive, yeah, there's there's more distilleries than there are on Isla. Yeah, like we are we are so incredibly fortunate to to have what we have at our doorstep. And yeah. even like, if it is craft distillers that are trying things out, at least we have that foundation being built here. Yeah, absolutely. And, and some of them are really quite good. I mean, mm-hmm. I've got, you know, a, a personal league table of craft distillers in the Midwest area. And I love some of the stuff coming yeah. out of um, uh, Quincy street. I love some of the stuff coming out of Opden. I love some of the yeah. stuff coming out of um, J. Henry aren't distillers, but they, they grow the corn and yeah. share it themselves. Mm-hmm. Um, and and so so I don't add a ton of value by reviewing the same Macallan bottle that's on the shelf <laughs> of every liquor store in the world. You know, somebody else can do that. But like, what I can do that's different from what anybody else on the team can do is uh, at literally at my doorstep. There's yeah. dozens of these stories just waiting to be told. So that's that's kind of mm-hmm. why I focus more on that. It's, yeah. it's not it's not that it's it's like I've been assigned to the bourbon beat or something. But it's just it's just what I've got around. It's <laughs> what's, what's at hand. <laughs> I like that. That's your new uh, yeah. the bourbon beat. Yeah. I'm a hard hard bitten detective, <laughs> and, that, and, that, and that's another that's another thing. And I don't know if anybody likes this or cares, but like I write under my own name. Mm-hmm. You right. know, I'm not I'm not some you know John Q yeah. or bourbon beat or some yeah. You know, some or you can use your handle or anything like that. You know, I like look. It's 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 my opinion, and I'm me, and um, I like to I like to think that having my own name on it, you know, like I'm I'm a professional. I've got other responsibilities. I got a family, but yeah. like so so that I I, I wouldn't. I wouldn't say anything about a whiskey that I wouldn't say to somebody's face, and, yep. I, and I wouldn't write anything about it that I wouldn't want my name attached to. Well, you're, I mean, it, it comes back to what you're asking from distilleries is transparency, full on transparency, and holding your name up to what is actually on the bottle. It would be a little, it would it. be a little hypocritical, wouldn't it, if I was like, like, you know, John Bourbon and uh, John Bourbon, or whatever. Like you know, we what, should go about that, John Bourbon. John. <laughs> 
private detective. No, um, if if I was if I was, you know, writing under a pseudonym and demanding maximum transparency of everybody else. Well, hold on yeah. a second. Plus, a lot of the people I really like and respect in the industry. You know, Fred Manick is Fred Manick, right? Yeah. Like, um, absolutely. You know. Yeah. I think I think that's important. So try so, trying to live these values. I like we'll your talk about flamingo them. shirt better than the ascot, though. Oh, thank you. Yeah. That's just I yeah. I, we all need a silly affectation, right? You need, like you need a hat or a <laughs> cranial accessory of some type. Or uh, I get made fun of for the hats I wear a lot. Like I don't. You. I, I don't. No, oh, that's bullshit. Oh, 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 oh. Nah, well, speaking of beautiful hair, man, hands. you got a you got a nice mop up there. Hey, I don't he, want to know why you're covering it up. You gotta, uh, like uh, let the freak lazy sometimes. He gets lazy, man. The scruff. Who tells who tells me that all the time? Oh, your my mom. coworker. No, my coworker in uh, New York, Katrina. Shout out to you. Um, she says she's. She always, she's like, why do you wear a hat all the time? But you have good hair, and there's men balding all the time at your age. I'm like, wait, how old do you think I am? <laughs> um, but no, uh, yeah, hats are hats. Um, but there's always there, and that, that's another thing I didn't want to do was be like the oh I'm the I'm the funky shirt guy. Or yeah, the, I was wondering about that like, do, as a writer because some people have that little like shtick that they're known for more than the actual coverage themselves, what they write about, what they even put out there. Stick. Yeah, like an ascot. Oh, uh, okay. Like I, I mean, I, I just made comment on the shirt because I like the shirt. Thank you. I, I, I dig can it. see you wearing that shirt. Yeah, me too. I the viewers it. can't the viewers can't see this, of course, but it's yeah. a flamingo we'll, print. We'll uh, post a picture of it. Yeah. Shirt here. Close. I wear. I we have we have like kind of a relaxed dress code at the office on Friday, so I like to do something a little bit nice. exuberant. Yeah, it's fun. People I seem to dig like it. it. You know? I love My it. My kids like it, so whatever. Yeah, I mean, so even with that, like kind of getting like into your other career, how do you fit like a full time career into with reviewing whiskey? Yeah, I mean, it's it's you know. It's funny, right? Because people... It's the detailed work that you do. Like you said, you're writing 6,000-word stories sometimes. <laughs> yeah. I, you know, it's after the kids go to bed or I'll, I'll get up, you know, in the morning and, and you know, do an hour of it before, uh, before everybody else is up, you know, mm-hmm. making, making coffee and frying up bacon and, and writing about whiskey. Uh, yeah. It's, uh, it's, it's a labor of love morning. Yeah. for everybody on the site. I mean, yeah. this, is, this is a hobby, right? Yeah. Um, the interesting thing is that, you know, people go, oh, God, you must drink a ton of whiskey. And it's like, well, actually, like when you're reviewing a whiskey, you, you don't because it's, it's a glass that you're sitting there. Yeah. You know, it's, it's, it's maybe an ounce and a half, right, yep. one measure of whiskey. Um, and you're sitting there for an hour. You're, mm-hmm. you're being very deliberate. It's, it's, a, it's a contemplative, meditative experience. Yeah. You know, you're, you're, it, and I like that about it. I like that it takes you out of the hustle and bustle of every day or it's not like sitting at the yeah. bar and having a cocktail. It's this... It's this, and for me, it's a very solitary thing. Like I have a hard time doing tasting notes when it's you and I and we're chatting because you, yeah. yeah, that's more fun and you do yeah. more of that. But this yeah. is this is a chance to just sit down and, and say, you know, it's it's quiet, it's it's still. Um, but you know, if you read everything I wrote, you'd be like, oh man, you're drinking a ton of whiskey. It's like, well, yeah, no, but not not really for the reviews. I mean, like mm-hmm. like a Manhattan, but it's Absolutely. it's. Um, you know, not for gulping the, it down. For, yeah, no. I mean, every every review doesn't entail the consumption of a whole bottle of whiskey, right? Sure, <laughs> like, thank God, <laughs> it'll be a little too much. <laughs> but uh, you know, it, it, it's one of those things that I tell everybody. I'm I'm just a guy that likes to type. Mm-hmm. You know, I don't have I don't have a spirits degree. I've never run. You know, if you held a gun to my head and said you got to run a still today, I couldn't do it. Right? Like, yeah. um, it's it's a it's a passion. It's a labor of love, and I'm yeah. just a, a guy with an opinion. Like anybody could do this. If you yeah. want to sit down and 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 that's that's another great thing about Malt is they're accepting open submissions all the time. Cool. I mean, just you send them an article if you if you feel like you really have a story to tell and you're passionate yeah. about doing it. Yeah. Send them send them a review. They'll publish it. What's the story that you think this whole thing began with you? Uh, is there something in every single article that you feel like I'm trying to create a picture of this distiller because of my passion for whiskey, or is it something that's just it's there, it's consumable, um, everybody can have it, or is there always like a detailed presence that you're having in there trying to put your, I guess, like, 
going back to like how you you're trying to write for the person standing in front of the uh, the case of whiskey and trying to pick out what they're going to buy. Yeah, my favorite stories are the ones where there's less of me in it. Okay, you know those are those are I think my weakest reviews when it's about well I think this or I think that or yeah. I, you know this was my story about because nobody ultimately cares. Yeah, I'm not, so I don't, like, when like, you're traveling then whiskey um, and having whiskey like in certain locations of the world, do you want to bring yourself more into that? Or not? Yeah, it's but but again, the interesting thing isn't me, Taylor, American person sitting in a bar in Tokyo. The interesting thing is it's a bar in Tokyo. Yes. So who else is there, right? Who's the guy behind the bar? You know, what does their collection mm-hmm. look like? You know, yeah. um, and and that's a thing that it takes a lot more work. So like with Dave, right? Yeah. I could have listened to that interview that I did with him and paraphrased what he said and kind of had the general narrative contours of it, but like. And it took a hell of a lot more time. It takes, you know, several hours. A one-hour-long conversation does not take one hour to transcribe. Exactly. It takes probably three, right? <laughs> yeah. Um, Try but, editing a podcast. But having his... Uh, you're, you're a hero. <laughs> oh, yeah. <laughs> Thank you for your service. So <laughs> um, but having having his voice in there and having it really be his voice with all the little peccadillos and, the you know, his turns of phrase and the way he says it Definitely. makes it so much richer. And, again, people don't care about what I have to say. Like, he's the mm. guy making this stuff. So, yeah. so let him tell his story his way, you know? That's the point of journalism right there. I hope so. Yeah, but, that's uh, kind of what we like, like, I don't know, like every once in a while we don't have a guest and we'll just kind of talk about our own our own lives or kind of what's been going on or what we foresee uh, kind of in the calendar year about what's happening in the whole industry. But I think the main goal of this podcast was to have stories, individuals tell what their relationship to whiskey is. So I'm glad you could come on the other side of it and do that. Yeah, yeah it's yeah. You know, cool. There's your relationship to whiskey is your relationship to whiskey. Like I'm always yeah. amazed on on you know you see this a lot on Instagram where it's <laughs> like you know somebody is the whiskey and cigars person or there's a lot right. of those obviously. Yeah. What well, one guy's uh, the whiskey and assault rifles guy? It's yeah. like got an opinion about that. I, careful, <laughs> it could be a volatile right. mix potentially. Yeah. But uh, glam and gun. Put somebody's eye out with that thing. <laughs> um, yeah, you know what is our responsibility when it comes to whiskey and guns? Whiskey and just <laughs> personal safety. I mean, about posting it so much, and like you know, people approach you, like yeah. oh, and people approach us too at the same time. Oh, I must drink whiskey all day and be drunk every day. It's like, well, I drink it, but I drink it in small amounts. Like the other day, I started drinking at eleven thirty. I did a count in the morning. I sipped on an ounce and a half of whiskey for probably two hours. I went to multiple counts that entire day, and had a little sip here and there. And after like six, seven hours of doing that, I probably had five ounces of whiskey. Yeah, you know. and no, and and that's you know. A, a thing that Adam has, uh, one of my, my co-writers on the site, has recently published an article. It's called The Line in the Sand. I would really advise hmm. everybody who is listening to this to um, go check it out because it's it's a really uncomfortable conversation to have. Yeah. You know? Um, I agree. It's really it's really difficult for people to, to say, like, you know, he, he, he makes the metaphor of, like, this hobby is like having a pet alligator, right? Like, if you're not really careful, it kill you. It's and, a conversation and, I have with myself every... Like every three to four days. Right. It's like, did you drink too much last night? Cause I like to work out. I like to do, I like to be healthy and yeah. like be active in that way and have like longevity to my life. Um, but it's also comes the, at, with a job that where technically it's tearing your body apart in a way. On the sure. Inside. Well, yeah, no, it's look, I, I think it's not a responsibility. I, the, the cliche would be well, all things in, in moderation and you know, everybody knows, Absolutely. okay, drink some water, take a day off, take uh, several days off a week, yeah. you know, don't, you know, uh, n- count the number of units you're having, you know, measure, measure the pores, not like this freehand, like, you know, I mean, that's the, that's the old alcoholic, like, Oh, I only had one drink. It's like, it was a solo cup full of vodka, <laughs> you know? And, 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 and like, we, we can laugh about it, but, um, it's true. You know, I think, I think we're conditioned to think of, of like drinking problems as being one thing, mm-hmm. right? Like that guy who is lying on the ground, passed out drunk, like that's, that's an alcoholic. And it's yeah. like, well, that's, that's one flavor of alcoholism. Absolutely. Somebody else is, you know, there's a, there's a housewife who, 
you know, opens a Chardonnay at 10 in the morning and is, is sipping on a glass of Chardonnay all day. And she yeah. never What up, mom? <laughs> yeah, sorry. Back to, sorry uh, back to family stories. No. Well, Julie, um, but, but there's, you know, that, that's, and she's got a low-level buzz on all day, yeah. right? There's somebody who, who doesn't drink for two months, but then when they go out with their friends, they have 20 drinks in an evening. You yeah. know, like, yeah. that's, there's all different flavors of this stuff. And, and you know, particularly if people have, like, a family history or whatever, like, it's not, it's not worth it. It's mm-hmm. not, you know, you get, you get to really um, think about if you're suffering negative professional or personal consequences as a result of this, like, all the, you know, you can dress it up as a hobby or a passion or, yeah. or whatever it is, but, you know. Well, I, I feel like... Uh, the reason why I bring it up, too, is because, you know, on Instagram, if you show a nipple, you get flagged as an account. I saw a guy post a beautiful photo. It was a great photo. Photographer, I don't know who you are, but great work. It was a shot of a, a whiskey glass, a bottle, and a handgun with bullets on the table. Like, what are you trying to do there? What are you trying to portray? Oh, I've seen and those a lot. Yeah. I, I, I report them, actually. And I, I just want to see what Instagram's responses are. And they never actually flag them for any kind of criteria that's um, inadequate for whatever display to the people of the uh, social media platform. But in my opinion, it's like, this is terrible. Like, what are you, what are you trying to prove? You're like, oh, you're some badass by drinking whiskey and shooting a gun? Because the responsibility that comes with those two things of holding them accountable to each other, yeah. it's probably going to have a negative outcome. And, there, and there's so much about, I mean, if you wanted to get into another thorny topic like sexism, you know, it's, yeah. it's okay, here's, here's the, you know, the girl in the bikini on the yeah. boat, you know, or, or revealing clothing or, you know, whatever with the, with the bottle of whiskey strategically Definitely. placed, you know, to obscure stuff. It's like, you know, what message is that sending? To, I agree. And, and, and this is a hard conversation for three dudes to have, but uh, with girls that call themselves like something babe, like whiskey babe, rye whiskey babe, bourbon whiskey babe, whatever. It's like, well, doesn't that kind of like defeat the whole point of uh, trying to portray yourself as like a, like a not just a babe or like an airhead or something like that? I mean, I, I, that's a whole no, different conversation. I, I wrote an article about this with regards to, um, so uh, uh, there was a, a Chicago chapter of bourbon women that does store pick. Mm-hmm. And I was like, I just gave it to a bunch of women I knew that liked whiskey and just yeah. let them review it. I didn't even, I, you know, I was, I was the conduit for that story, yes. but I, that's all I was. It wasn't my opinion about, and, and the whole point of the article was like, yeah, look, I'm a man writing about sexism and whiskey. Like, how dare I? But men have a role to play in this conversation too Absolutely. in terms of, yeah. of not doing stuff or in, of, you know maybe not more supporting. possibly doing doing mm-hmm. stuff creating environments where you know somebody feels like they can be comfortable and, and, and enjoy whiskey there I mean, some of my best whiskey friendships are, are um, with with people that are super knowledgeable super enthusiastic and just happen to be women yeah. um, you know and and you don't you don't want them feeling like they're not welcome or pressured or, or 100%. whatever 100% yeah I guess so. it's a conversation we can have with Kelly on Monday. But this is all, you know, like this sure. is all human stuff, right? This isn't this isn't like be a good whiskey drinker. This is like be a good person, yeah. right? Be I mean, it doesn't. Yeah, it, it doesn't matter if it's whiskey or, or vodka. If you're drinking too much, you're drinking too much. If yeah. it doesn't matter if it's, you know, your behavior towards women in a in a whiskey setting or your behavior towards women in a professional setting. Like if you're not being respectful of people, you're doing it wrong. Yeah, don't hold it. It can be controlling element whiskey itself over people saying like I have more knowledge than you I drink whiskey so it makes me like a better person it's like I'm, I'm a badass I'm a man I'm an American man it's like no those all, all of those you know uh, if you want to call them stereotypes if you want to call them identities that come with whiskey shouldn't be there it's just about what can this whiskey do for you as a bringing conversation together bringing people together your thoughts on it is it is it good is it bad um, is it enjoyable I was shocked sense. at, you know, it, it was reviewing an old granddad recently, and there's Ooh. this site. So old granddad and old Overholt are called the Olds together, and they yep. have a site. And, and it's, you know, the tagline at the top is whiskey for men who like whiskey to taste like whiskey. It's like, really? How did that get by, yeah. you know, Beam Suntory? Like, how did, you know, 
it's 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 surprising to me that you still see people step in it that badly. Mm-hmm. The Johnny Walker, uh, Jane Walker fiasco was another yeah. one. And there's, yeah. I, I won't go Jane through Walker, it, but people yeah. were writing about that online, and and you know, um, I'm I'm amazed. You know, there's yeah. there's so much focus testing, and you know, you get these big corporations with marketing departments and you know legal and all this stuff, and and yet very obvious yeah. blunders are made constantly. It's just like. Yeah, when it's like uh, another women who whiskey lead chapter in Long Beach, which she just started, branched it off of California of L.A., and it's like within a, two months they had like 300 members. It's like women wow. like to drink whiskey. Don't neg- n- 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 neglect them as your consumers, or yeah. try to even you know be I guess patronizing to them with some certain labels you put out there and stuff like that. Just, yeah. It w- it'd be great if you lived in a world where you could just treat consumers as consumer all as one. It's like, hey, this is for the whiskey drinker, not the whiskey woman, not the whiskey man, mm. or, you know, the man who likes whiskey that tastes like whiskey. <laughs> I'm, I'm always shocked when you, you, know, you see people like, oh, yeah, this is a, this is a lighter whiskey. You know, yeah. it's, it's, low, it's low proof and it's, you know, very light, very, very fruity. Uh, this, is, this is for women. Yeah, and like, it's touchy, too, because, like, you know, with in my own portfolio of whiskey that I sell, one whiskey is lighter, and I'll ask people, like, oh, would you like whiskey that, that has more of a creamy taste to more of a smokier taste, a spicier taste? Yeah. And they'll say, oh, I like this one. But you can't come back to, like, oh, that one's lighter because you're a woman. It just, it's a lighter whiskey. You told me you had a lighter palate. So yeah. it's kind of trying to match those two without being offensive at all at the same oh, of time. Course. Yeah. No, but, the, but again, that's you asked an individual. That wasn't an assumption you made exactly. because you saw yeah. that she was a woman, therefore she couldn't appreciate full strength or... or yeah, you know, and I, I always say, cause like, I've had it like come up like, oh, you thought I would like the lighter one because I was a woman? I was like, oh, no, I was just trying to do it because like, you matched your, the palette you described that you, that you typically enjoy. Hmm. So I think what, you know... I, uniting all these categories is, is again, the, it's just bad behavior as a, as a person, but it's also like, mm. you know, I, I struggle with Instagram as a platform because there's, there's a superficiality to it that I think is 100%. elemental to Instagram. Yeah. You know, I'll, I'll post something on Twitter and you get really substantive responses from people that are engaged. They have, they have questions. They want to know more. They're correcting mistakes that I make, which I love, you know, please, please keep <laughs> helping me learn. Um, but then you go and you post something on Instagram and it's like heart emoji, Whiskey emoji, unicorn emoji, rainbow emoji, yeah. like exclamation point. Like that's that doesn't add anything to the discourse. It's it's you know. Um, so I struggle with that that platform. I think it's it's deeply superficial. Well, I struggle with like what's the point of posting another photo of another bottle? Like you were talking about, what's the point of talking about a whiskey that's been talked about to death already? You're not bringing anything new to the table. You're just posting like you're just you're showing off. Here's 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 one bottle of Pappy. Oh, cool, one bottle of Pappy. Here's ten. Okay, here's a guy that has a hundred of them and ten years of the Buffalo Trace Antique Collection in a huge home bar. Yeah. Right, like none of that adds anything. No, it's 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 you know just waving it around to show. I guess I don't know. You're cool or, or whatever. Yeah, I was like, why my, my brother drinking that shit? Coined like, this phrase like he's he's like everyone is the star of a movie that nobody else is watching. hundred percent. Yeah. <laughs> you know? Yeah. I think he, I think he partially stole that from Joe Rogan. It's like who be the superhero of your own life. You know, it's like not, not that he did, he did, but it's like yeah, it's true, absolutely. But do something. Don't just post something. Like what are yeah. you what are you like you said? How are you going to continue the conversation? Because putting a bottle out there, like for our website, we only post bottles that we drink with the podcast, essentially. Trying to portray the picture of, like, this is the person, this is the bottle we drink, here's a conversation we yeah. had. And it's, it's, I'm not saying it's bringing anything, but it's also like, here's my collection of whatever bottles this I have at home. Did with it. But yeah. it's real. And, and that's, you know, whiskey, to, to the point about transparency and honesty and everything, like, I, I talk about my real whiskey experiences. I don't, I, don't, yeah. I don't make up fantasy experiences any more than I would post a bottle of here's a photo of here's my hundred bottles of happy or, or, or whatever. And like, if that's your collection, like God bless you. I hope you, hope you open every single one of them and I, share exactly, them with friends right? or, or, yeah. you know, enjoy them in the way they're supposed to be enjoyed, which is drinking them. But, um, you know, it, I would never, I, I'm not, I'm not trying to curate this fantasy version of my mm-hmm. own life to, mm-hmm. to enhance the perception of myself, you know? 
Um, and that again, it's it's about it's about integrity and not being a hypocrite. And I, I demand honesty and, and yeah. truthfulness of other people. And I feel like it's only yeah. fair to, to do that in my own life. So. Well, I, once again, I would say that definitely comes through in your writing style. Kind um, of you say. Appreciate that. Cre- I encourage you to keep the good work, keep writing about it. And I think telling a story that we all need to hear, um, if that's a good way of stopping an hour and 20 minute conversation, which just flew by, I think. Yeah. <laughs> um, Time flies when you're having Do you have anything you want to promote or anything like that? No, you know, just it's it's www.malt-review.com. Yeah. If you're interested in checking out the site, I hope you will. Um, we get, a, you know, we, we do not take the the readers for granted at all. We don't take the patrons for granted at all. Mm-hmm. We are all extraordinarily blessed to be able to have a, a platform like this and an audience that appreciates what would appreciates what we do and wants to help us keep the lights on. And and you know, we try every day to make you guys proud and entertained and and you know, um, are grateful for the feedback and the engagement. And we have a, such an awesome community. So thank thank every one of you. Definitely, I pr- uh, really appreciate the writing you guys do, and it's also a really good Instagram follow to have. Um, I love the stories you guys yeah. have. I'd like to, uh, yeah, that's all. That's all, Jason. He he keeps it fun on like there. starting so. my mornings that way. Yeah, that way. <laughs> kind of. A, we get that whiskey. from a lot of people. It's it's a part of their daily routine. Yep. It's you know, it's and and we do. I mean, it's you know, we do 365 days a year, which is 365 reviews, which is it's a lot of heavy it's lifting. Lot and of again, effort. it's a labor of love. Labor like of none, love, none of exactly. us are, are getting rich off this, or you know, yeah. it's a certainly a net financial drain in my household. So um, <laughs> that was my goal for the podcast this year: make one dollar. Wait, one dollar. <laughs> um, Wilson, anything you want to promote out there? No, we just got Galena Whiskey Weekend coming up in two weekends. From right now, t- well, actually, people will be listening to this on Monday of next yeah, week, so, so it'll be this weekend. This weekend, yeah, yeah. this weekend we got Galena Whiskey um, Weekend. So come definitely. on out. It is ticket only um, on uh, Saturday, uh, Saturday, January, uh, January twenty. <laughs> no, <I'm sure. laughs> Fifth, 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 fifth. Yeah, January twenty fifth. Cool. Um, in downtown Galena, get your tickets online. Um, it is again, as mentioned, a ticketed event only. There will be special pricing for those who attend. Um, sponsored by the great folks over at Family Beer and Liquors. Um, the Blonde Brothers also have a crazy thing going on, whiskey revelry going on that weekend as well. So come on out and hang hang out with them as well. Um, What's that? No fucking clue. So we'll find. Cool. Out, we'll yes. figure it out when we find get there out on Saturday morning. Yeah. So we'll find out on, um, that, on that time. But wonderful. other than that, that's when we're going. Appreciate it. Um, if you don't mind, I just want to promote um, not our company, but the charity that we are doing for oh, all yeah. the fires back in Australia, the bushfires back in Australia. Bush um, we're doing fire. national events and national ch- uh, cocktail charity menus mm-hmm. all across the country to help uh, raise money for the World Wildlife Fund back in Victoria um, for all the animals that have been displaced and um, also unfortunately uh, killed uh, over these last yeah. few months of the fires. Um, kind of just a couple to throw out here in Chicago. Uh, King of Cups on Sunday, um, Sunday January 26th, which is Australia Day, which is their national holiday, like our 4th of July, essentially. We'll be throwing a cocktail party there all night starting at 5 p.m. featuring Star Wars specialty cocktails. $3 of every cocktail bought, Star Wars cocktail bought throughout the night, and also Star Wars drams bought throughout the night will go to the World Wildlife Fund. So hopefully we can raise some money there. And we're doing another event with the Whistler on the 28th of January. Um, to help to kind of do the same thing with one of their cocktails called This is a Knife. <laughs> uh, $3 every cocktail will go nice. to uh, the World Wildlife Charity Fund from Star Wars. And uh, the Whistler's promised to make a um, portion of the donations, uh, portion of the proceeds made to a donation as well to the World Wildlife Fund. Um, Brickhouse, which we'll be doing with uh, Mr. Black Coffee Liqueur on January 24th. Um, so the Friday of listening to this podcast, we'll be doing an event with them. And every cocktail sold with Star Wars. And it will also go to $3. $3 we go to the World Wildlife Fund back in Victoria for that. And there's events across New York, San Diego, San Francisco, um, kind of all throughout the country. Texas as well. We're putting a few together. Um, so hopefully you can make it out to those. I was just texted from the manager of Do Six. Um, they're adding some more cocktails to that starting tonight. Um, so it's going to be a cocktail menu. will be featured there, I believe. 
I don't want to get my phone out because it's on, you know, whatever. Uh, but it'll be on the menu, let's say, for this weekend. And $3 from every one of those uh, cocktails bought, Star Wars will donate three more dollars um, to the World Wildlife Fund, too. Good on you guys. That's so awesome. Yeah. I mean, yeah. So I, I think it's just um, it's amazing to see um, people come together. We talked a lot about it a lot in the last podcast with Chris Blantner, um, just how the whiskey world can unite for a good cause and hopefully make this less cynical world a little less cynical at the end of the day <laughs> sometimes. But um, I won't throw any more there. We'll post them on our website. So if you want to go out across the United States and hopefully uh, support for a good cause because it is a good organization that's really helping and trying to bring back um, the millions and millions of animals that were, uh, were lost and hopefully preserve them and so they can you know, um, basically repopulate the, the country in that sense. Yeah. But other than that... Um, Taylor, thanks for hanging out hey, with thank us. Thank you, guys. It's been a pleasure. Yeah, definitely have to do some times um, soon in the future here, too. You need that Excel spreadsheet. Yeah, for sure. Get everybody email him about the Excel spreadsheet <laughs> <laughs> for bookers. But other than that, guys, uh, cheers and have a great rest of your week. Cheers. Thank you, guys. Absolutely.